Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey guys, welcome back to Therapy and Theology. I am so excited to be jumping into Season 3. I cannot believe it. Man, this summer went so fast. I took a sabbatical. For those of you that listen to the podcast, you might have heard me say this, but I took some time off this summer to dream and rest and continue learning, and it was much needed. I was able to go to LA with an organization that fights human trafficking. We got to do some work out there and then also got to adventure with friends and celebrate another year of life and also watch my best friend graduate from PA school. So it was quite a time But as this summer comes to a close, I am so excited to be back recording episodes and looking forward to connecting through these conversations as we continue to explore our stories, how they shape us, and ways to grow deeper in our understanding of who we are as beloved children of God. So if you're new to this podcast, welcome. And for those of you returning, welcome back. Thank you for being part of my community. So today's episode is going to be much like a launching pad for the rest of this season, as we are going to be diving into topics surrounding one single theme. As I've reflected on a lot of the learning that I've been doing this summer, a theme that continually resurfaced was embodied. Now, if you have any connection to the therapy world, then you maybe have heard this term embody or embodiment, yet if it seems abstract I want to put some context around it 
today and explore it from a holistic perspective. Many people use this term to describe a way someone exemplifies their values. So we could say something like that person embodied grace or kindness, etc. Yet there is a more interdisciplinary perspective to the term embodiment that I want to explore from various angles this season. I love the way researcher and psychologist Hilary McBride defines embodiment. She says it is an interactive perspective of personhood that seeks to reclaim the body as a central aspect of humanity. This invitation is to bring unity to the whole of our personhood, cognitively, emotionally, physiologically, and interpersonally, and I would also say spiritually. Hilary also describes this term embodiment as returning to a sensory attuned relationship with ourselves. So why does this matter? (laughs) Well, as I've continued my study in the work of attachment science and somatic therapy, or what many call body-focused interventions, there is such a rich knowledge that deeply connects our lived experiences to both our health and our spiritual well-being. So if you've ever read books like The Body Keeps the Score, Wisdom of the Body, Strong Like Water, Mindsight, and there's so many others I could list, you will learn that our bodies hold enormous amounts of data that are constantly signaling and sending messages to our brains, which trigger a cascade of hormones and sensory motor reactions via our feelings and behaviors. So this is why embodiment matters, because regardless of whether we recognize what happens in the body, our feelings and behaviors are connected to it. The central nervous system is a significant part of how our bodies communicate threat, and safety. Most psychology classes teach us about the states of the nervous system, like fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Yet, little is explained on why or how this powerful bodily data is interpreted or understood outside of therapy or higher levels of education. In many ways, this research has begun to redeem the role of the body in modern medicine and in trauma-informed care. Psychology and science has begun to value the body's data via senses and emotions as significant elements to physical and emotional health. Yet, what I've come to realize within the Christian context, and just in general within our North American culture, there seems to still be a disqualifying or dismissiveness around the data that our bodies give. We have learned to ignore, suppress, or as many say, disembody from our felt senses. Much of our early childhood experiences quickly shape the way our brains respond to such sensory information. It's interesting that from an attachment perspective, we can see embodiment has such ties to our relational patterns. If you're not familiar with attachment, you'll hear me talk about it throughout episodes, but if our bodies were tuned right, or created to be attuned to the sensory information that our bodies give us, then it is experiences that create this disconnection. We've actually learned to disconnect from our embodied states. And psychologists would refer to this as the core dilemma of attachment. So there are many examples of this, but basically when a parent is misattuned to their child, they might respond to a child's embodied state of recognizing their their sensory information with statements like you're fine when a child is communicating that they're not fine or if a child is crying and the parent says stop crying but these aren't necessarily painful messages to send a child 
But what they can do is create a lot of confusion within the child's sensory experience and what the parent is saying. Now, from a parent perspective, I understand why you would say, oh, you're fine. It's okay. You're safe. Or stop crying. It's not that big of a deal. But we're adults, right? So we can see it from a different perspective. Whereas in that moment, oftentimes the child needs to be affirmed in their sensory information and then reminded of their safety or the capacity in which they can handle something. When children aren't given this support or I would say soothing from the parent, what happens is they are left with a significant question. Am I wrong or are they wrong? Right? They're getting two different messages. Their body is telling them one thing and then someone else is telling them another. So to maintain relationship or attachment with a caregiver, children will adapt and they will relinquish whatever they're feeling for the sake of connection. So if a child interprets a parent's response like you're fine or stop crying as unaccepting of that emotion, then they will stop showing that emotion in order to maintain connection or what I think is really acceptance of the caregiver. And so when we see this, we're recognizing that oftentimes we have learned to disembody. We have learned to be not as attuned to what our body is saying for the sake of connection. And in some ways, the extremes of this can be seen as sensory information or emotional experiences being considered bad or wrong. This disconnection of self increases an inauthentic response to needs for the sake of connection, right? How often do we see this in our society today where we're pretending or being inauthentic in our response to what's actually going on inside of us for the sake of being connected to others? It's interesting that the narrative of disembodiment from a historical perspective can also be seen through many shifts in history. We see the Enlightenment, which brought a focus on hyper-rationalism and a cognitive prestige over the body. We see Gnosticism being a huge twistedness of scripture where they enmeshed the body in the flesh. And so we rid the flesh, we rid the body, and we just become a soul. And such divergences from the incarnational view of scripture have in subtle yet significant ways promoted a cognitive Christianity, which relies on black and white constructs and limits our authentic expression of pain, fear, doubt, and most damaging, unconditional love. So the question here is, what do we do with all of this? You know, as I sit with clients and listen to their stories, there is a theme that emerges again and again, each story depicting experiences that disconnected them from their bodies, that created distrust for their felt experiences and distorted their perspectives of fear and unsafety. There is a cost to the pandemic of disembodiment on our society, emotionally, socially, relationally, and spiritually. We see today that the neglect and distortion of sensory and bodily experiences has come with a high level of anxiety and depression than ever before. You know, it's interesting that we are said to be the most connected generation, and yet we are the most lonely. And I wonder if it's because we have propitiated a pursuit of unattuned proximity, which has disintegrated the level to which we can experience authentic and safe connection with ourselves 
with others, and with God. So over this next season of the podcast, I want to pose the importance of the body, its role in our mental health, relational connections, and our spiritual formation. I wholeheartedly believe that attunement to our bodies is essential for living abundant and flourishing lives. For our anatomy speaks the truth of our experiences and it attempts to tell the story of our reality. And I believe that we do vandalism to our souls and the souls of others in attempting to suppress such sensations for the sake of connection or acceptance. In the work of healing, we learn to move towards the coexistence of emotions, the differentiation of self, and the beauty that comes with authentic, living, and honest lives. My prayer for this season is that we will begin to seek to attune to our bodies, maybe even learn what that means for the very first time. Remind our bodies that healthy attachments with others are built on authenticity. I just keep imagining what a world could look like if our communities and our families each began this work of being in our bodies and honoring the way God created us. With that said, we will dive into all sorts of topics that speak to this lived experience providing language and practices, concepts, and perspectives on reclaiming the wisdom of our bodies and creating safety within them emotionally and spiritually. I want to end with one final encouragement that this work is a complex one, and we all hold stories in our bodies. And so as we approach these topics, I will put disclaimers at the beginning of episodes that may have content that could be triggering I'll also give practices through each one of these episodes, but my encouragement is also to find those in your community, around you, a therapist, a friend, um, someone that can do this work alongside you and support you in it, as we are never created to do this work alone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarkoyer.com. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.